Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hola, hola. My name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. He is Chris Novembrino. I am Jeff Hawkins. This is Shake Them Ropes. Thank you for the extended break over the holidays, but we are back for one last show of 2023. And uh, it would not be an end of the year show without Jeff having travel issues. <laughs> so this time, I get, we all get on the plane for Southwest flight from Phoenix to Burbank. Sit down, everybody's seated, everybody's ready to go. Told there's a leak in the plane. <laughs> We're going to try and fix it. Nope. Everybody has to get off the plane. We have to deplane, and we this time at least this airline has a second plane in the hangar that they can bring out, and we all load up, and there's no issue with it. So, uh, Chris, you are now at that age where you're dating women who want to travel a lot. Um Women in their 30s and 40s are big into travel on their dating profiles. Yeah, bring yeah, your, yeah. Bring I, your I passport. The, uh, the, the, the Peter Pan syndrome. Oh? Yeah. Do tell. Um, You know, Peter Pan, I, I don't want to grow up. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, for, for me, it's like it's like professional women who have, uh, who have uh, given up their, uh, yeah, yeah they, they, they've kind of, uh, they don't want families. Right. And they invest I, in their but, they, they but, invest in their time, career. But time proceeds on regardless, Peter Pan syndrome. Yes. And they've decided bring your passport. And I'm like, women can't understand why I don't like to travel. I <laughs> and it's because I have bad luck traveling, because things happen with airplanes and you get stuck in airports and it drives me nuts. Uh yeah, no, I, I find travel to be mostly stressful and anxiety driving rather yeah. than uh restful or de-stressing. Like I need a I need a vacation of decompression after <laughs> traveling. Yeah, uh, I need so at least two days after I air travel I'm, to go back to work. I'm planning on you know if I was gonna travel, I would 
you know, I, I don't know. It's just not what my concept of vacation is, especially now that I'm in New Mexico. I just drive up to Hemas or something and hang out at the hot springs. That's that relaxing. Actually, it sounds awesome. Right? No, it's in a canyon and everything, Jeff. It's like 90 minutes away. Like, you know, I go up there, hang out at the hot springs, hang out in this awesome canyon. So, so now I have an offer of hot springs in New Mexico and cold springs in Texas. Which I think maybe I could make both work on one trip. You know, I, I freeze my butt off on one trip and I go up to you and you take me to the hot springs and we just chill. No, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, so this being the last show of 2023, look, other shows will do far better years in review with far more detail than this show will because neither Chris or I take notes. We really don't. We just, on, on magic, I mean, Chris, what, I've been what told your, that's just a gimmick. I've yeah, been well, told that I only do that as a gimmick. What was your favorite match of March? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> but there were really three big stories, at least, uh, and, and two of them were big for wrestling, and one of them was big for my fandom. Uh, the, the first, of course, being Vince McMahon coming back to WWE and now no longer being a part of WWE in any way, shape, or form, maybe just symbolic in some ways. Uh, the sale to TKO go group going through, etc. cetera. Uh, CM Punk, definitely a story, leaving AEW, going back to WWE uh, for, you know, whatever the unknown will bring him right now. Some think he'll headline one night of WrestleMania. Some think, you know, maybe not, but he'll be on the upper end of the card there. And then for me personally, uh, the death of Jay Briscoe, just absolutely, I mean, I don't know if the Briscoes would have made AEW television this year. I tend to think they might've, I tend to think you could have possibly gotten him on there, but just, I miss the guy's promos so much and I miss his matches so much. And, and, and as much as I love Mark Briscoe, every time I watch him, I'm, I'm just angst written wishing for Jay to come back and join him on, on that case. But uh, what stood out to you in terms of wrestling news this year? Um, I mean, you, you sort of nailed the big three. McMahon returns, McMahon departs again is a huge story. McMahon returns would have been a huge story in and of itself, but for McMahon to return only to depart a second time rather unceremoniously to me has to be, the story of the year wwe is clearly and firmly in the post mcmahon era it is the mcmahon era is truly over that's and weird. i never thought we'd say that without him dying right and, and like, like this is i mean like they they forced the end of the mcmahon era it's over uh and yeah like there was no big roses there's no big thank you vince yeah there's no retirement yeah. ceremony there's Simone, no, no no there's, there's no, no nothing. you know there's the happy and you thought you'd think you know i mean even though he is a creep and 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 all things that at least on television he'd get a ceremonial goodbye well it, but i mean sort. like that's how problematic he became and also yeah. a testimony to how much control he managed to lose before he finally had to let go of everything. Um, Cause if he had still had more control, he could have at least engineered his own. Thank you. Vince ceremony. He could have scripted the show to have a thank you. You know, Titus O'Neil comes out and thanks Vince McMahon <laughs> for everything that he's ever done. Slaps him on the back says, Hey, uh, I'll see you later partner. <laughs> oh, don't touch me. Damn it. 
<laughs> well, I, I was thinking about when Titus O'Neil was brought out as like the uh, ambassador for Harmony or whatever. Remember back like during, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, like uh, universal <laughs> ambassador to greater harmony and good. Uh, it, like that that whole moment. Uh, yeah, having O'Neill out there, you know, you, you would have just expected some sort of big retirement thing, and there was nothing. Um, then obviously, I think you nailed it. CM Punk uh, for AEW. Look, um, for the people who hate him, the uh, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice, Samoa Joe. Uh, the reality is, is that Punk brought big numbers to AEW television, especially on his first initial arrival. And the company doesn't seem to have a clear post-Punk path at this point. The devil angle is amusing. Um, is it, your cat hitting something or something? Like no, that? no, that's my laundry machine. It's uh, <laughs> thumping in the background. We're just vibing with it until okay. I, I until I, I have a little dance party in the back. No, no, bum, 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 bum. You just go with it. Um, and you can actually time. I can't fight this feeling with it. If you oh god, no, just right. no, hooga chaga, hooga chaga, hooga hooga. All right. Oh, okay. And, I thought I thought you meant. Uh, what I can't fight this feel the Ario Speedwagon song. No, no, oh, no. Oh, hooked on a feeling. Uh, no, I'm thinking, thinking hooked on a feeling. Hooked yeah, on a feeling. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the first line. Like, I can't fight this feeling. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, version yeah, that yeah. was in the Reservoir Dogs uh, soundtrack. Yeah. So, um, okay. But yeah, no, no. I, I just think that Punk doesn't necessarily do a ton a ton for wwe he's not like the ratings pop that he was when he first came to aew the stock has declined but the story to me is more the gulf that punk's departure left in aew and it's not just punk right like it's like the other kind of ripple effects it's uh the jericho's and um ftr sort of falling on the outs so that that's honestly not a bad lesser story here um Cash Wheeler sort of shooting himself in the foot this year with the whole gun incident. Um, That's an interesting choice of words, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I realized it as the sentence was completed, <laughs> but, uh, you know, live by the gun, die it's, by the gun. It's interesting because you look at, and we're going to go, we're going to have a preview of World's End, but you look at that card. There's no Bucks. There's no Omega. There's no Hangman Page. There's no Takeshita. There's, of course, no Punk. There's no FTR. And, uh, you know, right now there's no House of Black. There's a lot of guys that you thought were going to be part of, I mean, the upper echelon of this company that aren't right now. And I guess I guess that would be my other third headline, and I know it will draw flack or whatever, but, like, to me, the punk thing in terms of AEW, this has been a down year for them. This has been a year where they've been on a bit of an identity search. And 2024 is going to be a big identity search year, I think. Yeah, uh, and it sounds like almost they're going to go hard into what they were doing towards the end of the year with a quote-unquote sports-style presentation. Uh, I guess that means just tournaments and uh, <laughs> no angles. I don't know. Um, but yeah, or just the one big angle with the, with the devil and, Oh God, get rid of that thing quick. I'm, I'm so done with this angle. It, 
it's not good, right? No, like, it's not. No, it's it's not good. I, I I keep trying to give it it in my head. I swish it around and try to make it seem good, but it's not good. It's it's actually a very bad angle. Yeah. Uh, interesting enough, as we get into this week's news, and there might be a little bit of a hangover from news that was available last week that I just missed at post time. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi is the new president of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, current leader Obari uh, ousted. Uh, that was announced uh, earlier uh, last week, I believe. Um, one of the major reasons was declining attendance, but another major reason, according to the Wrestling Observer, was that Obari had heat with a number of people, including the company's top star, Kazuchiko Okada, who has recently hired Barry Bloom to do negotiations for wherever he ends up. Okada was said to have wanted him out. Others said that Obari never really understood the wrestling business and didn't res respect the value of Okada. <coughs> Peter Brady. One person said that Obari saw Okada as the lead role actor in a touring show. I don't know if that's incorrect necessarily. Is that wrong? <laughs> I, I, I guess maybe there's like a tradition sort of way of doing this, but that's Sam, not. Sam Kinnison from Back to School. Is he right? <laughs> um, Because that's, that's what not, wrestling uh, is. Right, <laughs> right. I, I I guess maybe it's too breaking of kayfabe, but um, that's correct, though. Yes. So, I, <laughs> I, 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 no, no objections. Proceed. I, I am fascinated by this to see what happens here because while New Japan is still number one in Japan, uh, they have fallen from kind of a number two worldwide to being a number three worldwide with the ascension of AEW. The other thing is, it's always one of those things in sports where you put the one of your biggest stars in charge of say the team or something like that. And you, you know that they know the sport and they know the business, but they know how to be them in the business, not necessarily how to run it well in the business. Say like, like you get a star quarterback like John Elway, who was running the Broncos for a while, but all he knew how to do was look for a guy who was John Elway. I, I wonder how to, I mean, does I've never heard of Tanahashi having managerial um, capabilities or anything like that. So it's it's an interesting move. Do you have any deeper thoughts than, than just what I have on these? Because I don't. I, it, it's hard for me to imagine Hiroshi Tanahashi sort of taking the company to any sort of new heights. Your observation about AEW supplanting New Japan as the the firm number two worldwide, especially with like, look, look, this is where their hybrid presentation of bringing in guys from CML, CMLL and New Japan and these places actually really helps them out. Uh, they have a much more world friendly presentation. New Japan's they lazily half-acidly did an English presentation sometimes but the accessibility on that was pretty limited um in New Japan world was always hard to navigate you had to do it via Google Translate they never still even still is hard to navigate they <laughs> never shelled out like they rolled out this English side and never shelled out for an English language build of the website they've always just been lazy 
with the global and U.S. I mean, the U.S. leg of the expansion is a good example, but like the global one's even weaker. Where's the language accessibility for anyone else? Um, I'm sure AEW's running laps on all of that stuff. And I think um, I think this was a move to try and keep Okada, and I don't think you're gonna keep Okada. I think Okada is gonna go to WWE. I really do. Um, best case scenario is he signs with AEW and you get some limited use is of- out of him. No, 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 no. I, I mean, Okada to WWE would be stifling to New Japan because they don't have that next ace. And and that's and that's the weird thing to me is that. New Japan could quickly become Jeff Jarrett TNA. Yeah. Whereas, or, or like a number, a, look, I know everybody ruffles their feathers at that. So let me give other examples. Dusty Rhodes, NWA, where it's like, I can't, I don't have anybody I can count on. I'll put the belt on me for a while. You know, that, that kind of thing. And Tanahashi and that, could. That's a classic Japanese model too, right? I mean, we yeah, have Baba. seen that. Baba does that. Um, uh, Didn't um, Kenta do that? Kenta, I believe, did that. I think Muda did that yeah. uh, when booking Noah. Uh, yeah, so when in doubt, belt yourself because you but know that's you're an emblem sell. of decline. That's yes, that's a, that's a that's a classic emblem of decline. Tanahashi's not really at the point where he can do that make guy match anymore. The make Okada match was eleven years ago now. That's a long time. Yeah, that, no, that's very true. Uh, in AEW, two more original office people have left the promotion, which makes five departures in recent months. Uh, Kevin Sullivan was let go by Mike, Mike Mansuri. Uh, Mega Parekh is no longer working with AEW. Uh, I know there's a lot of weird talk about that, but I think it's just as simple as she got engaged, and she got engaged to somebody who's not in the company. And I think I think between that and the football stuff, that's what she's doing, uh, and QT Marshall. But the latest were Raphael Morphy, who headed the promotion of live events and had previous work for WWE from 2000 to 2012 and TNA uh, between 2013 and 2019. And then Dana Massey, the wife of Matt Jackson, who headed the merchandise department and her involvement in AEW dates back to meetings back in 2018 before this was even a promotion. Now, the rumor with the latter on there is that it was because that there was some hard feelings after the first brawl out in that the company did not support the Young Bucks in in that and uh and and kind of uh kind of gave kid gloves to cm punk and that that that's why she is going to be stepping down from her involvement as a executive vice president but we we said this before 2024 is going to be a far different looking aew and that's going to also include the front office yeah and hasn't tony khan said some sort of like like apocryphal line uh like uh the the new look or what was it when the guy quit who quit qt marshall quit yes like they, there's a they're going in a new direction they're going in that, a new direction new direction new direction new direction I, I mean certainly interesting what that new direction is uh boy Boy, would it be interesting if 2024 somehow ended up with Okada and MJF on WWE's roster by the end of the year. I don't think MJF's going to be able to. I think MJF has already signed his contract. Uh, yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with your theory, too. I'm just throwing it out there as like uh, that is. Especially given uh, MJF ha- has an article in today's uh, Players Weekly, I think is what it's called, or uh I forget the name of it. It's 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 the internet site 
that that was started by athletes for athletes that athletes then write their own articles and stuff on. And MJF has a big piece about it being the fifth year of AEW and how happy he is there and how he admits his character has gotten stale. And he thinks, uh, you know, he thinks some of it is anti-Jewish sentiment and people being angry at him. And, uh, that's yeah, not I mean, there's, there's a lot of it, 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 I mean, if his character's getting stale, it has nothing to do with anti-Jewish. No, no, I know, I know. That, that was just <laughs> like, a minor part of it. But I, I would think, I, I think he's already re-signed. But yes, I would agree there. Uh, a little bit more on comings and goings for at least one AEW person there in a second. But uh, Court Bowers Major League Wrestling and WWTKO have agreed to settle out of court. For the uh for the lawsuit that's been uh going on for two years, that one where um it was alleged that uh MLW had made a deal with was it Vice or was it WBD? I can't remember to 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 have distribution in that and that uh or oh no, it was Peacock. They were gonna be on Peacock and WWE said, Nope, can't be on there. No thanks. And it was an antitrust suit. Uh WW or TKO has at least decided that they want to pay to have it go away. So I find that very, very interesting. So uh, Court Bauer has a little bit of money to play with. Uh, I'm just going to go through these comings and goings of various promotions, and then we can uh, go into any of them that you see fit. Uh, Matt Riddle has been announced to be coming to MLW as his first post-WWE appearance. There are lots of rumors that he'd be going to AEW, but this might be a stop on the way. Uh, Bailey, Charlotte, and Selena Vega have all signed new deals with WWE. All of them thought to be anywhere in the three to five year range. Uh, Danny Luna, formerly of NXT UK, assigned with TNA. She was the female member of the uh, uh, sub subculture. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the uh, South Wales the subculture. Is that was uh, yeah, South Wales subculture. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah, grizzled young veterans also on their way to TNA as well, and uh, announced this week. Oddly enough, on the same day where Cassie Lee, the former Peyton Royce, announced that she is once again pregnant, Sean Spears' contract with AEW is going to end at the end of this year, and he uh, is looking to go to points elsewhere. He is very close with the Cody types. Um, he is a trainer in his own right. He and uh, he and Bree Tyler Breeze have a uh, training school down in Florida that uh, helps out with uh, um. NXT kids from time to time and also their own kids there. Uh, you could certainly see him go back to NXT as a trainer slash on air talent. I could uh, see him going I could see him going anywhere. I could see him going to TNA because he's Canadian also. So so yeah, Scott Demore loves his Canadians. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, no, like like I I could absolutely see NXT going, hey, we'll give you a trainer performer contract. You come out here, do Ty Dillinger, do the perfect 10 thing. You've already I can got see him it. being number 10 in the Rumble and then going to NXT and being a trainer. Yep. Uh, definitely. Uh, interesting that uh, Bailey re signed with uh, WWE. I am under the impression that she is quite happy there, even if she's not being used to her fullest potential. Um, and it also would indicate to me that I think she's sticking around. Cause I think, uh, I think our best friend's coming back, Chris, they all Mercedes is going to end up back in WWE, possibly at the rumble. Cool. Okay. Uh, and yeah, Zelina... no, I, I just, I don't have a hot take on. No, no. Zelina Vega is interesting because <laughs> there's this, there's this, and, and this is the other, other thing that MJF was alluding to in his uh, article about 
people who viewed AEW as a landing spot from WWE who don't really want to be there, and it shows in the quote unquote in their work, which I think was a shot across the bow at uh, Andrade, Miro, and uh, Alice or what is it, Malachi Black, who are all have been on record as wanting to go back to WWE because their significant others are over there, or they were. Um, Miro, not so much now, but yeah. So um, I guess oh, my ahead. one thought on Sasha Banks coming back is there's this big plan to push Jade Cargill, and I think a lot of people are going to groan if Sasha Banks somehow gets cannibalized in the push to establish Jade Cargill as a dominant force. There would, but she's been put on the back burner too, so that's going to be interesting as well because they, they didn't... Uh... They didn't think she was ready for prime time when they got her in the ring. So, man, we'll see. I mean, to me, the 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 move is to debut Jade in the Royal Rumble, uh, possibly as the as the person to get the most eliminations, but not necessarily be the winner. Because they do that a lot with, with people. Right, you know, she she does like the cane push. Yeah. Yes. The... Yeah, like that. That that'll be interesting. But that'll do it for our. Uh, for our news segment now for the lazy river of wrestling criticism, whatever we watched, whatever we saw, whatever we're thinking about in the world of wrestling, although we've kind of been rambling already today. Uh, we'll get to it now. Uh, should we just start with the preview of AEW World's End and just fold in anything from Dynamite in there? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. A, a 11 matches announced for this show. 11 already. Two on the pre-show. Uh, and once again, no Elite, no Takeshita. Or no, Takeshita is in the uh, eight-man tag match. My fault. That That's my bad. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, he's in there. Well, I, I thought it was Hobbs and uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, Fletcher. Fletcher. I didn't, th- I didn't think it was Takeshita. Okay, that's my bad. But uh, starting off in the pre-show, uh, I believe it's called Zero Hour. Uh, 20-man battle royal for a future AEW TNT championship match. Participants have not yet been named, Chris. So think about who who you think is going to win that TNT championship match and who you would then put in there uh, against whoever wins and go with it. The participants haven't been named. No. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's a free pick is what you're telling me. That is what I'm telling you. I'm going to say Wardlow. Okay, that's a that's a strong pick. I am gonna go with uh, Nick Wayne winning this, and then either having to take on Adam Copeland or giving up his uh, his shot to Christian mm. for some reason. I think I think I don't think I don't think we're ending this feud just yet. So so I think it has to. Or my other pick might have been Luchasaurus slash Kill Switch. I think this is all going to revolve around AEW TNT champions. Now, I'll give you a dark horse who I think might come back. I think Jungle Boy might get reintroduced on this show and could win it. So, yeah, but since we don't have participants, we don't know. So there you go. Uh, also on the pre-show, Hook versus Wheeler Yuta in an FTW rules match for the FTW championship. I think Hook wins. I, I think there's no doubt Hook wins, and I think Danhausen is somehow involved, and we get Hookhausen reunion somehow in this because one of the spoilers for uh, 
or Rampage or something. There's an angle that revolves around Yuta and Danhausen on this or something to that effect. So I, I would assume that too. So now we get into the match itself. I got to change up the order here. So if I miss one, let me know. But we'll do that. We'll start with the women. Julia Hart versus Abaddon in a singles match for the AEW TBS Championship. Do we get more sky blue, Chris? Do we get? <laughs> I mean, I think Julia Hart wins because they love this. Whatever this Julia Hart sky blue crap is, they like it. Oh, so they do? I, yeah, no, I think Hart wins. Layla Gray is so much better than sky blue, and yet. <laughs> Not on this TV show at all of late. Um, And in the other singles match, Timeless Tony Storm with Luther versus Rio for the AEW Women's World title. I think this, I, man, this all the all these matches are gonna feel overbooked, with the exception of some of the bigger title matches, because this just screams Mariah May somehow May. being involved. Yeah, I I feel like Mariah May costs <sighs> Tony Storm the title, so then Riho wins it, and then Mariah May crushes Riho. Oh, see, I'm going the opposite way. I think Storm retains. And I think Mariah May eventually turns on Tony Storm because it feels like they're trying to babyface both Tony Storm and Swerve. And I think, I think this is how they do it. Is they? No, they, no, that's that's what I mean. Like when she loses the title, like Mariah May stabs Tony in the back. Is sort of my thought. Oh, okay. I, so I like just... Tony loses the title, Mariah May stabs Tony in the back after Tony loses the title, so that she can go on to beat Riho. Huh. Okay. I feel like I mean the belt ends up on Mariah Mays is where this is obviously going. Like like that that's been Chekhov's gun ever since she did that belt shot. But I think she beats Riho. That was a horrible segment, by the way, on Dynamite. Can I just say that? The the whole I'm coming out and I'm not gonna wrestle until twenty twenty four. I was just like I liked when Tony Storm ran out and it momentarily turned to black and white. I'm just like, <laughs> this is so stupid. This is so, so, it's so, so stupid. I have, to but... check, I have to check my language because I didn't just say this is so stupid when I was watching. No, but at the same time, it's it's so stupid. It becomes funny again at times. Yes, the... yeah. but it's really stupid. It's really dumb. Was that a cat? No, that was a car. Okay. So the I other one was a girl. washing machine, and that was a car. Uh, we will review animal sounds after the show, Jeff. Okay. You're yeah. not doing very good so far. No, I'm not, but I can't guess these things. Yeah, I know. It's uh, hard. Eight... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. I'm not looking at you and seeing what's going on on camera right now. You're looking at the, the Wikipedia for animal sounds? That too, yes. Yeah. What does the fox say? Uh, okay, eight-man tag match. Ricky Starks, Big Bill, and the Don Callis family, Kanosuke, Takeshita, and Powerhouse Hobbs versus La Sex Gods of Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen. Yes, Chris, we have turned Sammy Guevara yet again. It's time babyface due to Kenny Omega's diverticulitis. Look, him and Chris Jericho have always been friends, always will be friends. There's never been any issue between these two guys. And it's great that they're uh, back on the same page because they never had any problems in the first place. Uh, I don't see any lack of continuity here, and I think it's pretty obvious the baby faces win. <laughs> I just thought this would have been a great place to make Danny Garcia, uh, you know, relevant. Or Daniel Garcia, sorry, not The Rock's wife. Um, 
And instead, we just we just Sammy Guevara is now the Paul Orndorff Big Show of t- of AEW. Lex Luger. Lex Luger. Yeah, it just made no sense to me. But whatever. Uh, yeah, I also have the Babyfaces winning. I think Sting does not lose until his final match at Revolution, and even then, he may not lose. But uh, maybe we 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 figure out. You know, yeah, who no, is he it. has to finish on like a big winning streak, right? I, like I that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. He like retires like 35 and 0 or something stupid like that. No disqualification match for the AEW TNT Championship. Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland. Who you got? I'm going to say Christian wins. I, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't think. They're very it... into this faction. They they just brought in the mom. So that to me means at least another like month or so of this. You know what? I'm going to go back on that. I'm going to disagree. I think Adam Copeland gets a short win. And then if Nick... If Nick Wayne wins that battle royal, he gives it to Christian, and Christian just wins the title back somehow. I I, I think there's gonna be a short title run here for Edge. For okay, reason. Edge wins. And the then former like, Edge. I'm sorry, then, Adam Copeland. A- right. Adam Copeland wins, and then like the Nick Wayne does sort of the same thing as Luchasaurus, where he's the TNT champion, but Christian Cage always holds the title and stuff. Yeah, and holds it up in front of his mom, like basically, you know, like kind of like dominating his mom and stuff to make it all icky and uncomfortable. I could see that. Swerve Strickland with Prince Nana versus Keith Lee. I think this is Swerve Strickland. No question. Next match. Yeah, next match. Uh, your opener, or might be your opener, Miro versus Andrade El Idolo with CJ Perry if she can come back uh, from her surgery. I think she should be okay. Uh, she got a splinter, and it got infected to the point where they almost had to chop off her finger. Um, but she's back. I don't know. I, this match is so weird to me because I feel like this should be a loser or winner gets to go back to WWE match. Uh, Miro doesn't do jobs. That's why he wasn't in the Continental Classic. Um, I think Miro wins this. I don't know if CJ Perry turns. Personally, I'd love a Hoss team with Miro and Andrade, but I don't think that's going to happen. And unfortunately, because they just absolutely invest nothing in Miro or really Andrade for that matter. I don't care, but I think Miro wins this. I remember when Miro had a good character. Yeah. Even the whole stuff about his God initially was kind of amusing and like had like a thing to it. And like, now it's just, it feels like a weird cover band of himself. Like, remember when I was talking about my God, like, like, remember that, you know, it's like member. The best man character was better than this stuff. Yeah, the member berries on Miro now it's weird and weak. Um I do I think CJ costs Andrade the match and that's how Andrade takes a protected loss, right? Like you're right, neither of these two guys like doing jobs, so it's got to be a protected loss. And that means CJ screws over Andrade and ultimately resides with Miro. Sneaky fun match added to this lineup at the last second. Uh, Eight-man tag, Claudio Castagnoli and Brian Danielson, Mark Briscoe, and Daniel Garcia versus Brody King, Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Roosh, in in which all the members of the the Continental Classic who aren't in the finals are having a tag match against each other. Uh, I'm kind of here for this. I think it's going to be a fun party match. Um, 
And yet, I I kind of think the 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 heels win this for some reason. I, really? I think I think the baby faces don't need the win here. That's that's the weird thing. I mean, look at this. You'd think, or Daniel Garcia gets the win because that he's the he's kind of the sore thumb sticking out here because he's not really a baby face yet. So maybe he needs to get the win to go fully to the baby face side. Yeah, maybe the story of the match is that Danielson, Claudio, and like. Uh... Who's the other baby face? Mark Briscoe. Briscoe, right? Like they all sort of basically slap some sense into Daniel Garcia when he's trying to do this. Daniel Garcia goes in there, tries to do the sports entertainment crap. Danielson slaps the crap out of him. And so, it's, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like, like you, you could kind of see all three. I'm here for guys. that. I'm, I'm here, yeah. Right. And I mean, I, so I'm going to say baby faces win. Okay. No, I, I think you've, I think I've convinced myself to change my mind on that. I think they will too. Uh, Going now for the championship final, the AEW Continental Classic for the inaugural Triple Crown, which will be the ROH World Title, the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship, and the inaugural AEW Continental Championship. Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. Now, um, let me say this: that uh, that promo segment between Kingston and Moxley hose me i i loved it i adored it uh I, it, it's everything i want in these types of segments i was a little surprised eddie kingston's in these finals even though he gave up the titles and it would make the most sense uh, i thought swerve was going to win this whole thing for some reason i bought into that thing uh moxley's going to want to make him look like a million bucks uh I, I have eddie kingston coming out winning this it's just one of those things where it's like i feel like eddie kingston is like the Tommy Dreamer of ECW. He doesn't need to win a title ever. And he's going to be super over. And it's going to be, and we should have actually never had him win a title in any way just to get keep the fans more rabid and more wanting to see him win a title. And it's one of those things where it's like, we may have taken a little bit of shine off. Because look, I like Eddie Kingston a lot. I'm not the biggest fan of Eddie Kingston uh, being all Japan, uh, match guy when he can't when he's not really he's more of a brawler than a great wrestler if that makes sense i don't want to say he's he stinks at wrestling i don't want to say that because he's that's not true and and that match was awesome against uh that there's a moment in that in that uh in that danielson match where he's taking the yes kicks on both sides and he's getting ready to and he looks just absolutely miserable and it was the best little piece of acting because i'm just like yeah i feel you eddie eddie's and he's getting taunted the entire time and getting worked on and, and just you can see him mentally like trying to find his fortitude and stuff like that he's not the cleanest wrestler in the world what i'm trying to say he's not masawa or kawada or his heroes but i like eddie kingston a lot i just don't know if i want to give him a traveling title but it looks like we're going to i have eddie kingston winning this the floor is yours, sir. I got Kingston winning this too. Um, I'm always confused with how to process what Blackpool Combat Club is as like a faction at this point. And so when you watch Blackpool matches, it's confusing. Are they baby faces? Are they heels? Is is the subliminal intention for me to not want them to have titles? Or is the subliminal intention for me to want these three guys all of whom I've known, you know, for like a decade plus uh, to have titles. Uh, it, it It's flummoxing. 
I mean, even Danielson's he's a bum sort of thing. I thought it was within the purview of trash talking. Like, I didn't think it was like, you know, sort of like a low blow sort of like Healy. Like, it was trash talking, but it wasn't healed them. You know, it's not like Christian going after somebody's family. Yeah, and I think the part of the story you were missing is the fact that even though they had parts of it on AEW in the vignettes, uh, the entirety of the promos were all on social media. And, and, and... Well, that's just that's just fantastic television, Jeffrey. <laughs> and Danielson goes into, hey, there's gonna be a part point in the match where where I've gotten into your head and I'm I, you know, and you're getting beat down and you use your energy to flip me off, to give me the middle finger. And that's how I'll know I've beaten you, Eddie Casey, because instead of using your energy to try and fire up against me, you're using it to flip me off. Cause you're a bum, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was well, definitely healing. No, I, I mean, that, that sounds like great TV. It does. And unfortunately it was nowhere to be seen on TV, but, but you're saying it's great X instead. Yes, it is. Good X. Good X. Good, good X. <laughs> I, I get so frustrated with AEW because it's like all their good. It's like NXT used to be NXT used to put all their good stuff on social media i'm like why aren't you putting this crap on tv guys and and they, they, well, they yeah, content that's not on tv doesn't count I, no. I i stand by that and i'm not like that sounded good but if it's not on tv it doesn't matter it doesn't, it doesn't matter doesn't, I, it no, doesn't I'm register with yeah i'm it, it's the dolph ziggler <laughs> promo the, the 2.0 promos yeah after after blood and guts where like oh man here we go that was awesome. And then and then, you know, parts of it made TV, but the whole thing didn't make TV. It's just <clears throat> And then finally, in a singles match for the AEW World Championship, MJF, who lost the Ring of Honor tag team titles to masked men, the devil's mm. minions. Mm. Invader versus... one and invader two. Well, at least you knew who the invaders were. Uh <laughs> they were the invaders. Um, versus Samoa Joe, and that last angle took a lot out of the sales for me. I gotta be honest with you. I liked the idea of Joe wanting to protect MJF until they got into the final match to do that. Okay, so Samoa Joe's in cahoots with the devil. He may not be the devil. In fact, I don't think he's involved with the devil. I think they just did business. I think MJF still loses this match. Possibly, or he wins by a kangaroo kick. I still can't decide. And that the devil and his minions beat down Joe. And it turns out Joe was just a patsy for whoever. I don't I think we're we're either getting Britt Baker or Adam Cole as the devil. And if we get Britt Baker, then Adam Cole's gonna be like staring, oh my god, I can't believe it. And then it's gonna be the question is, is Adam Cole in cahoots? I'm just done with this damn program because it's hurt MJF's title reign in so many ways. And it's everything MJF... It's everything MJF would want if he were in the WWE. That's what kills me about this thing. It's totally hurt AEW by cheapening the champ to a sports entertainment type of thing with comedy vignettes 
and then this the devil stuff i just i, I, I mean th- my problem has been the two-toned way that this has been done they the have done strong de- and then they the, have yeah. done the devil stuff but then you have these goofy shoes things with adam cole and roderick strong where roddy's at the hospital remember the one we had to yes. watch twice so like if adam I, well, and that then, was that was also good television uh, well, it was so nice you watched it we twice. We had to watch it twice, uh, yes. yeah, Right, like, I mean, how many segments can you say on a wrestling show this year you saw air twice on the same show? <laughs> I Think about that. Think about that. It's been literally a year since that has happened. So, something to think about there. But uh, I just... It's not going to be Joe as the devil, although... Frankly, at this point, especially when you talk about Adam Cole or Britt Baker, it's way more narratively satisfying if it's Joe is the devil. And this has all been his big setup before the title match. Keep your enemy close. Basically, tr- he tricked MJF uh, and he played MJF. That That's the angle. I'm with you. I think Joe's going to end up being a patsy, which is going to be really stupid and very unsatisfying. And it totally kills that whole thing about him being the badass in the suit and drinking brandy and going, I'm a championship guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, we're going to ruin all these guys by the time this angle's over. Right. Ah. I, and I mean, I thought, too, he said something about like having a plan. In one of those promos, it, it, there was like a slight, something that might actually count as like a seed planted for you know, Joe actually being the devil here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I gave you kind of the heads up on this. And the only other thing, because I, I, I don't care about this, uh, this NXT show that we had this week, because again, we, in one week, Ilya Dragunov goes from being carted off to, yeah, I'm ready for this title match. <laughs> it's trick Williams. Although I will say that the, uh, NXT underground, match with uh Dijak and uh Thorpe. Pretty awesome stuff. Yes. I okay. agree on, I agree on that. I'm like I'm like I was just like rereading the king too. I mean, god, everything else on the or rereading the card, everything else on this show really stunk. Um Briggs Briggs and Noam Dar actually had some really good in-ring chemistry for what that match was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, like like that match, I mean, I mean, obviously that was a setup for a very lame breakup angle between those three, but the actual match itself between Dar and Briggs was actually halfway decent, I thought. Yeah. Um, I have a match, my favorite match of the year for WWE and my favorite match for AEW. Um, I believe you do as well. Um, yes. So I'll, I'll say them now, uh, and they all go to my my predilections and my my biases. So if my match of the year is not your match of the year, it's perfectly okay. But I know what I liked, and in WWE it was rather easy for me personally. I the triple threat at Mania versus of Walter Sheamus and, and Drew McIntyre, where it's just three big guys just smacking the crap out of each other. Uh, I, I have now watched that match three or four times. Um, and it never gets old for me. I, I absolutely adore, uh, that match, your pick in WWE. And that would also include NXT if you chose. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's a great choice. I, I didn't, I didn't even consider it just because I immediately started with 
who who's my wrestler of the year for WWE? And I don't think it's any secret to anyone who's listened to the show. It's it's dragging off for me. Uh, I just think this has been. I, I know NXT even like gave him the award or whatever, but like it really, he's he is improved as a wrestler. He's always had many aspects of it down. He's always been tough, but there's always been the weird overselling and the over gesticulating. Like the NXT yes. UK Ilya Dragunov was weirdly grating. This iteration of Dragunov is just like he's a, he's a killer in between champion he just he like he nails straddling the line between baby face and heel slightly antagonizing though still a baby face you have the neck injury angle that was stupid like he can he really can occupy a lot of different lanes now in a way that i i never would have thought Ilya dragunov would be capable of doing two years ago and I, there are two matches that really stood out to me um you have the match where he wins the belt from Carmelo Hayes, which is a banger match. However, I I think the other one, which is a real sleeper, and this is the toss up. He had a great match against Dijak. Yes. Yeah. Like like, that was the other really good match that he had this year. Um, And and, and, like, those were kind of in sequence, which is when like, you know, sort of for me dragging off like, Oh, on the radar uh, really started. So I'm going to go with dragging off Hayes one. Uh, but, you know, y- y- you could kind of talk me into the Dijak Dragunov thing because that was a pretty sweet match. Dijak frustrates me because I really like the guy and I think he <clears> deserves <throat> so much better. And he, he deserves a crap gimmick. Main roster. Yeah. Well, all his gimmicks have been kind of crap, even though he's a big guy who can work and he's a big guy who can work with big guys or he's a big guy who can work with small guys. But like right now, he's like duster guy. Guy yes. who walks around like like his gimmick is I'm a guy who walks around in a duster. He, he he's you know what he is is he's the guy in the territories who would come in for four months and leave. He's the he's the guy who Gary Hart or somebody else would pay a bounty for. He's a bounty hunter. Yeah, he's like Lance Archer. He's like, Abdul the a, Butcher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Lance Archer is a good call too. Although I think I like Dijak a lot more than Lance. Oh, I do too. I just think there's a, you get a lot more of a Dijak match, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I he, he is really frustrating, but Dragunov, Dragunov had a great match with him. And then, like, this was not a good match, but, dude, he dragged a passable match out of Corbin. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and you know, it, it's weird that WWE can't find a way to, to – a big guy who can work like Dijak, and WWE stumped by this, you know? It tends to be their bread and butter is is the giants and it's like nope don't know how to use this guy at all uh my AEW match will surprise some people but uh, others not so much um because oddly enough it doesn't involve kenny omega or will osprey um there was an episode of collision that had ftr versus jay white and uh rock hard juice robinson in a two out of three falls match and that match was freaking awesome it's everything I want in tag team wrestling. It was and tag team wrestling is my favorite form of wrestling. And look, everybody knows I love me some FTR. And oddly enough, I'm not the biggest Jay White fan, but Jay White and Robinson came into this match and they brought it. And they were everybody was working hard in this match. It's one of the best two out of three falls matches I've ever seen because there's a there's an air of predictability in most two out of three falls matches, and this didn't have that at all. Um, 
But yeah, no, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold, two out of three falls, was my match of the year in AEW. Um, boy, I, I didn't pick, I didn't pick out an AEW one. Uh, like before the show, the the one that I, you you did mention the match of the year thing, so I like looked at Dragon off. It's hard with AEW. Um, it is because there's a lot of good matches. A lot of good matches, right? Um, and they're all kind of like at a similar level for me. Um. I don't know if you pick anything in this in this uh, kind of classic, and you might get away with it, Chris, if you wanted to. Yeah, I know, but like, I feel like I guess I'd have to like look at like Sting's matches. There have been a lot of Sting matches that have been just fun for what they are. Yes, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still I'm still reliving Sting jumping off. What was it? The ladder in the match, and and then out to the tables and just ramming his 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 ribs. Right in that table. You remember I mean, that one? Yep. I, he's just, his matches are always highlights on the show for sure. I feel uh, bad I'm not flying out to Greensboro for his last match. I do. If it's his last match. <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Funk. Um, Yeah, no, nobody is ever really truly dead in wrestling. But I, I think... I think, save for a special appearance or two, I think this is the last we do see is Sting. I think yeah. Edge takes that over for Darby in some ways. Or Adam Copeland. Maybe Adam Copeland does a full Sting cosplay. That the, the Adam Copeland just comes out, no explanation, just starts only answering to Sting from this point on. Well, th- this is a good good reason to, to talk about, you know, what happens at this, because there are no events between this and Revolution in March. And so I think the choice of Christian somehow getting that TNT title back and that Christian versus Sting for the TNT title at Revolution is the choice. Because I think they end with Sting, because of all his years of service to the Turner brand of wrestling, much like Brody Lee, I think he wins the TNT title and they retire that belt as it is and they get a new belt. I really do. That feels like the choice, unless they're going to give him the big belt to have him retire on. And I I can't see that happening. Like Much as I think like Sting versus Samoa Joe would be very interesting. No, I, I, you mean Sting versus the devil. No, I don't. I mean, Sting. No, 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 no. You mean Sting no, versus No, I don't. Devil. No, no, no. Uh, the, the devil <laughs> ends up, you have the henchmen as the tag team champions, classic champs, and then you have the devil as the new AEW champion. And it's up to Sting to defeat the devil at Revolution. That's, so, so, okay. that's a good angle. Since we've gone short... Want to play a little game real quick? Yeah. Yahtzee? Uh, yes. I'm going to play Yahtzee. Parcheesi. Okay. Uh, give me one prediction. And you can make it for one of each for for both promotions, or you just one for one of the promotions? Um, One prediction for each. If you'd like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I'm going to say next year, WWE secures Okada. Okay. I think, I think Okada leaves New Japan. I think they do lock him down. And I think, especially in a post-Vince world, 
they have a plan for him. And part of that's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura. I think one of the, like, sort of the, the tells here too is that they're utilizing Nakamura more than they have in the last couple of years. He's more of a featured thing. So I'm going to say Okada ends up at WWE with the lure of, ah, you could come and hang out with Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, and he'll kind of help, you know, get you acclimated to things. He'll show you where to buy cigarettes. He'll show you where the beach is. You know, all, all the things that you need to know. Let's go America. surfing. Come on. Yeah, let's go surfing. Let's buy smokes. Uh, uh, I, that's, I mean, hey, I feel him. And I'll let you think about your AEW one while I get my WWE one. Um, I think your two men's main events at WrestleMania are going to be on one night CM Punk versus Seth Rollins. I think on the next night, it's going to be Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. And I think Cody beats Roman Reigns. I think they do. They've kind of seen the error of their ways here. I think Cody gets to quote unquote, finish the story. We'll see for how long. And I think we finally figure out that it's time to possibly put Roman Reigns on the road to a face turn here somehow. Uh, I don't know how. Possibly with Heyman joining up with Punk, who challenges Cody. I don't know. But those are my predictions. In the women's ones, I think, see, Charlotte being out's a big deal. And she's not going to be ready because of her knee. But I could I could really see Rhea Ripley versus whoever wins the Royal Rumble, which might be Jade Cargill. Or it might be Becky Lynch. It's probably going to be Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch. And then on the other night, it's weird not having Bianca in the slot, but I think it's probably going to be Bailey and Sasha versus versus some members of Damage Control for the tag titles. I do. I think they're going to try and uh, reinvigorate the women's tag titles at WrestleMania. That's my choice. I'll give you one bonus one, too, for WWE. I think we get a Punk Heyman reunion next year. Okay. I, I, yeah, think, that's I, I think I think we go full on a Punk Heyman reunion. So that what that portends for Roman Reigns is potentially really interesting. How you get there could be uh, intriguing. On the AEW side, I think that MJF loses the title by June. And I think that puts AEW kind of into a deeper search as to what to do with that top belt. I I think that the top belt has lost momentum. I think that the temptation to get the belt off of MJF to just sort of like jump stuff up, uh, you know, shake things up is going to be very high, but the actual plan for that's going to not be there. I think the devil ultimately ends up winning the title from MJF. Not like the devil, but you know what I mean? Like the devil ultimately ends up getting the title. Not like he beat, he pins MJF, but like, I think whoever the devil wins ends up winning. I think for me, I'm going to go with this. I think you're going to see a lot of people who are on this roster who are not on this roster this time next year. And a lot of names kind of in your mid card that are very good and are used, but aren't going to be on this roster. Um, Roosh types. Uh, I think Roosh will still be here. I think Daniel Garcia will not. I think Ricky Starks will not. I think FTR will not be. Um, 
any and all of these guys are very intriguing to see like Starks, especially in the wake of the LA Knight push is very intriguing as a WWE yes. shot because, you know, and he's I a never, Cody guy, right? I never would have thought it right. He's a Cody guy. You could have, you could have him Dave. Cody would totally have him. If Cody wins the belt, Cody, Cody would totally give Starks that kind of big high profile debut thing uh, to put the rocket on Starks and make sure that he's really established in the firm upper mid card. Uh, I think Miro's not here. I think that's right. Uh, women, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to fix this women's division, to be honest with you. Uh, my wild card thing is that I think AEW passes on Camille and Camille goes over to TNA because she's going to be a free agent. And I think, I think that's a mistake because I think Camille oh, yeah. would be great in, in, in AEW. Oh yeah. She's awesome. Um, Camille, Camille's good. Yeah, but I yeah, think she's. No. Gonna, I think I think she's gonna go over to Impact, and I think Deanna Perazzo is gonna end up in AEW, and I don't think. I I just don't think she gets over in AEW. Uh, they tried it already. Uh, it, like, she, she's just. She's, she's a fine. very good wrestler. Her she's gimmick's fine. very yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, her right. promos are a little weak in some aspects because her voice is a little high. Um. I think she'll be a good addition, but I just I just can't. See, I mean, look, AEW has great women wrestlers, has had great women wrestlers, and has had no idea what to do with them before. Tony Storm, uh, uh, Serena Deeb, <laughs> Serena Deeb, you know those types. So, uh, I I'm I'm gonna go with that on there, and I think um, the the women's division. Here's my you... big one. I think Collision gets canceled by the end of the year, and oh man. Where does Raw end up, Chris? That that'll be our last question. Where does Raw end up back in the Comcast family, or does WBD get them? That's Warner Brothers Discovery. Yes. Do they? Who owns USA? Comcast. NBC and NBC Universal. Peacock. I feel like they end up back on USA. They just like they like USA and I don't necessarily know that there's a lot of buying interest for the company right now. I, I think they've been, especially after the bill of goods last time around, I tend to think they've been talking with WBD to raise the price that Comcast, NBC universal, who, whatever you're going to call them are going to pay. And I, I agree with you in theory, but I kind of want the chaos I kind of want David Zaslav to go, you know what? I like CM Punk. I want to be in the CM Punk business. And maybe they don't get the entire NBA package back at WBD. So they have some money to spend. I think they, uh, let me, uh, I think WBD get, get gets raw. And they put it on the Turner Networks. And I'm here for the chaos. Hmm. So we'll end there. You can follow that, me. On- <laughs> that would be fast. That would be fascinating, just because that would be a real uh, shot across the bow for AEW's future, especially if it would. Yeah, especially if collisions also canceled. Well, if collisions canceled, guess where Dynamite's going? <laughs> In the collision spot, probably. Yeah. Uh yeah. You can follow me on X at Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow Chris on Instagram at Doctor underscore nov and ov you can just follow the show on x at shake the ropes all one word we are part of the voices of wrestling podcasting network 
podcast for all your niche wrestling loves, including Days of Thunder, Five Star Match Game, Gentlemen's Wrestling Podcast, and of course, the flagship with Joe and Rich. You can listen to me over on Fight Game Media, now a free feed, no longer a Patreon, on the Dynamite Show. About 10 minutes after Dynamite goes off the air, myself and Paul Fontaine go live on YouTube, drops in your uh, feed the next day. Uh, with a in-depth deconstruction of all things in the two hours of Dynamite that you sh- saw that night. Chris has other interests. He likes to garden. He likes to snow shovel on trams. He uh, he plays music. He's going to tell you about some of those things. Yeah, I was gardening this week. That was cool. Uh, I, you know, If you follow me on the Instagram, D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V, you can follow my Instagram or my my gardening adventures or my mountaintop adventures here in January, which will be a lot of fun. I'll be up there for like full 24 hour periods. That'll, that'll be pretty exciting. Um, not as exciting as talking about Friday night dynamite next year, though. <laughs> no, and God help us if that happens. Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five star match game, the pro wrestling quiz show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today.